0: Hi, this is Dana Stevens, Slate's movie critic, and I'm here with a Slate spoiler special on Knocked Up. And joining me is Dan Kois, the editor of New York Magazine's culture blog, Vulture. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dana. And also a sometime contributor to Slate. And uh, we saw Knocked Up the other night together with a jolly group of people and had a very galvanizing discussion afterwards over dinner. And I just want to rejoin that discussion in media's race because that movie gave us a lot to talk about. General reaction, good movie, people should see it loved it.
1: I mean it's hard to argue with the notion that that it's an extremely funny comedy to my mind not quite as funny as the 40-year-old virgin but at the same time a more engaging and emotionally resonant movie. It's to my credit I guess that I can relate slightly more to a couple having a baby than I can to a 40-year-old who hasn't had sex in his life. But for just that reason, I felt there was a great deal more emotion in this movie than there was in Judd Apatow's previous movie. And even though many of the big laughs weren't there this time in some of the scenes, what replaced it was surprisingly potent emotion, I thought.
0: Do you agree with my contention in my review this is going to be a huge hit? Is there any question about that? Oh, no, there's
1: no question about that. It's going to make 10 gazillion dollars. One thing that we did discuss that I do think is interesting is I think this is going to be the kind of movie that a lot of guys take girls to on second dates thinking they're safe, then walk out of it having to face an extremely uncomfortable after movie dinner conversation in which the girl says, "Well, what would you do if I got pregnant?" Right? <laughs> And they thought they were just going to be seeing Seth Rogen dance around in his underpants. And here they're faced with a bunch of very difficult questions.
0: Yeah, not to mention that the movie closes with some shots of the female anatomy that many people never get to see in their lives, much less on a second date. It's true. Thank God.
1: It's true. Let's talk about that a little It was a pretty bold choice by Judd Apatow to include full shots of a crowning baby in the middle of a delivery. It's something you don't see very often in a Hollywood movie, and you certainly don't see in a comedy. I was intrigued by the response of our audience. It was a press screening, but it was packed, as many press screenings are, with seat fillers, who were people who were interested enough in the movie to come out and see it and stand in line and get in. And so they were very avid fans of the movie. The movie got a lot of big laughs, but the crowning baby, all three times it was shown, got huge responses. (laughs) I mean, like very visceral responses. And... It was interesting to me that that was the response got, and I guess not too surprising, but it 's hard to see exactly why it 's there. Is it there for the laugh? Is it there for realism is it i mean what what was your take on that
0: it 's a really bizarre moment in the movie. I mean, I just was writing about this in my review of the movie and saying that the only way i can possibly make sense of these shots three separate full frontal shots of a you know ladies nether parts giving birth which really look like they come out of a a health documentary or something you'd watch in a birthing class Mm. or something not terribly gross but pretty graphic and my only explanation can be that Judd Apatow, who has two children himself, who are in the movie, they play his daughters in the movie, is sort of paying tribute to the what Virginia Heffernan, once called the hideous miracle of life, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then his awe for the female body or God knows what. But it really fits very strangely in with the tone of this otherwise sort of manic, almost farcical birthing scene.
1: Yeah, Talking a little bit about Judd Apatow's attitude towards women or how the movie treats women, I know that you had something of a problem in our after film discussion with what you viewed as sort of an inequity in the funness really or the completeness of the male and female characters in the movie i know this is something you addressed in your review but you want to talk about that a little bit as well oh
0: yeah a little bit i mean i can recap it i mean inequity of funness is a good way of phrasing it because it's not misogyny it's not a frat boy kind of mean humor toward women or anything like that it's something that's very subtle that i actually sort of just gave myself the luxury of exploring you know in my review but not something that ruined the movie for me at all i would just basically say that just Apatow writes men much more thoroughly and quirkily and funnily than he writes women. And in a way, that makes sense. He is a man. As you pointed out last night, and it's very true, he also writes far better characters of both genders than 90% of the comedy writers out there.
1: Right, right.
0: So it feels a little bit churlish to hold against him that his female characters might not be as brilliantly imagined. Then again, he's the one who raises our expectations by writing such good dialogue. If I could sit down with him and talk about this movie, I might just say, like, here's what works so brilliantly, and could you ever write a woman at this level of... Complexity It
1: is an interesting question, and one of the things that we talked about as well was this notion that's been much explored in articles about Judd Apatow, that he's built a repertory company around himself the way many directors do. I mean, it's made up mostly of actors who were in his TV shows, Freaks and Geeks and Undeclared. But what's very interesting is that with very few exceptions, all of the actors who reappear in his movies from those TV shows are the guys. In this movie, in fact, there's... Several guys from Freaks and Geeks, Jason Segel's in it, Seth Rogen, the lead in Knocked Up, was in Freaks and Geeks. Martin Starr, who played Haverchuck in Freaks and Geeks, has a wonderful bearded role in this movie, but. Very seldom do the women show up in these movies again. It's as if he's collected around himself a bunch of fellow thinkers, and he makes these movies with them and for them. He writes them with these actors. He makes them for these actors. But the Judd Aptow Club, for the most part, does not include women. It includes his wife, Leslie Mann, who has a major role in this movie, probably the best written of the female roles in this and, movie. And
0: had, the, and had the best female role, arguably, in The 40-Year-Old Virgin yes. as well, although it was a small one, the drunken slut <laughs> right. who, uh, who takes Steve Carell home. But, and assaults him scarily.
1: But other than Kristen Wade, who is wonderful in this movie and was equally wonderful in Undeclared, there's no one from Judd Apatow's TV shows who shows up in these movies. And it makes me wish that just as he sat down with Steve Carell and wrote The Four-Year-Old Virgin, and just as he sat down with Seth Rogen and wrote Knocked Up, it makes me wish that Judd Apatow would sit down with, say, Amy Poehler, who has acted for Judd Apatow before in a pilot that wasn't picked up to a series. Fantastic pilot. What, if what was at... the name of that series? Oh, I can't remember it was called. I think it was called Hollywood Hills. And it was set in a group home in Hollywood, not unlike the one in Knocked Up, as a matter of fact, sort of a similarly shitty house in L.A. that's occupied by a bunch of showbiz wannabes. In this case, though, the house was integrated. There were men and women in the house of all different ages and races, and Amy Poehler had the fantastic role she played Judge Reinhold's personal assistant. Judge Reinhold played himself, and it's one of the funniest pilots I've ever seen. Needless to say, it never became a series. But what if Judd Apatow sat down with Amy Poehler based on an idea she had and wrote a movie out of that? I can just only imagine how much even more enjoyable it would be than, say, Knocked Up because instead of two identical voices bouncing off each other in the writer's room, there would be two very different voices and perspectives. And as you say it seems a little bit churlish to fault Judd Apatow for not accomplishing something he didn't even really set out to do. He didn't set out to make a movie about women. He set out to make a movie about guys. And he succeeded fantastically in making a movie about guys. So it's hard to hold that against him. And it's hard to hold against him that the film industry in general just doesn't do a really good job of making films about women. But he is so good that it makes me wish he would set out to do this one day.
0: Yeah, well, maybe, maybe it's a little bit more than of a, you know, of a wish for his future career, just not to enter into an echo chamber of the Freaks and Geeks dudes, as great as they are. And as a huge fan of Freaks and Geeks myself, it's really great to see the kids from the Facebook, you know, kind of right. the freshman Facebook, show up as young adults in these roles, and they're all really funny.
1: Right, but I hope that his next movie isn't... I hope he doesn't sit down with Martin Starr and say, all right, Haverchuck, what do you want to do? And then they go off and make another movie about guys in a state of arrest and development. I do hope that he moves forward in some way from that.
0: Well, he can now do anything he wants. He's That's obviously true. an 800-pound gorilla in Hollywood <laughs> after this movie, if, you know, it doesn't put the lie to our theory that it's going to do well, but I can't imagine that it would... Flop. I um, would
1: bet anyone a thousand dollars that it's gonna be a huge success. For all our sort of complaining about it, it is from beginning to end extremely funny. It's the rare comedy that actually has legitimate, difficult emotional scenes in it, that it challenges its characters to change and to address real human situations, to me, it's, it's it's head and shoulders above most comedies that Hollywood makes. Despite it being about a number of stupid people, there is nothing stupid about it. It is a very, very good comedy.
0: Well, as long as we're spoiling, let's let's talk about some of those minor characters, some of the stupid yet lovable people <laughs> that people this movie. The Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann relationship in the movie, which is held up as a sort of foil, like sort of a nightmare scenario marriage for this young couple that are courting. Do you have anything to say about that? Well,
1: it's fun that it is such a nightmare scenario, yet they are given something of a happy ending. And it has been made clear in pre-film interviews that that relationship, more than anything else, is based directly on Judd Apatow's relationship with his own wife. The teary speech that Leslie Mann's character gives on the lawn when she catches her husband cheating on her but not with another woman with his guy friends in his fantasy baseball league is according to interviews more or less verbatim from something that she had to say to judd apatow himself when similar things happen between them she tells him you think that just because you don't yell at me you're not mean but that's not true you are mean and it's a very potent scene and they're a very interesting couple in the structure of this movie because they are a caution to seth rogan and katherine heigl's characters but though at the end we are meant to believe That there's something there that is worth salvaging, whether it's their actual love for each other or for the kids or or what. But for as much as they snipe at each other, we're meant to believe that there's something there by the end.
0: Yeah. Well, like the 40-year-old virgin, it takes all these very raunchy scenarios and turns them into this Excruciatingly romantic, almost sappy movie by the end. I mean, you could you could definitely argue that this is a movie for the family values crowd, even though, you know, most conservatives would be pretty horrified maybe by the language and the situations. To briefly touch back on the question of gender or women and men again, that never comes up in the movie in any real way is abortion. There's two scenes in which the concept, if not the word itself, of abortion is mentioned. You remember? Right. In one scene, one?
1: it's referred to by one of Seth Rogen's roommates as a abortion.
0: I think the word was shmushmorshman. Shmushmorshman, yes,
1: that's right. It, I, I don't want to say what it is, with... but it rhymes with shmushmorshman. And then the other, Katherine Heigl's character has one scene with her mother in which her mother... Who's wa- a very
0: brittle L.A. sort of dyed blonde job, plastic surgery type. Right, like I right.
1: I mean, and I'm almost vicious to her daughter, who more or less tells her in not so many words that, in her opinion, Katherine Heigl's character should get rid of this child and, as she says, have a real baby later.
0: And yeah, the message being very clear that anybody who would dare say such a thing is really cold-hearted and just doesn't get it.
1: Right. I don't know if you can argue that this is a pro-life movie, but it certainly dismisses the concept of abortion more or less out of hand. And it doesn't necessarily justify it in the context of Catherine Heigl's character. We're never given any signposts to say these are the beliefs she has that makes an abortion not necessarily an option for her. And that may simply be because there's very little Funny about abortion, but there's also very little funny about. Oh, but this
0: movie makes a lot of things funny. That That's there's Very little funny about. Right.
1: There's very little funny about a woman bursting into tears at the notion of her unwanted pregnancy, while the one night stand who impregnated her sits uncomfortably by. But this <laughs> not movie so makes mention a full frontal
0: crotch shot of <laughs> right. a fetal skull emerging from someone's body. That's right, not exactly right. a comic gold.
1: Right, and so it is interesting that, that was never touched on, and. I don't know that I necessarily want Judd Apatow to write the abortion movie.
0: No, me either. I think I would have just appreciated a very matter-of-fact scene of just sort of like, no, I know people are saying I should do this, but I'm not going to, and here's why. I mean, if nothing else, you would just know her character more and understand a little bit more about her motivation and and like her a little more. What did you think of Heigl's performance? We agree, and all critics seem to agree, that Seth Rogen is fabulous and really kind of steals the movie in the main role. But what did you think of her as a foil?
1: I liked Um, her without necessarily thinking that she was the comic actress to end all comic actresses. I was impressed with her ability to bring very serious moments of drama into a real comedy. And I was impressed with her ability to play the hell out of a lot of the scenes that she was given. I thought she wore the prosthetics beautifully. And I liked her, but I I will agree that it isn't really her movie. And so she more or less plays straight man, even though it's her character who's forced to go through the most in this film.
0: Yeah, actually, I mean, maybe if nothing else, maybe a little trimming. The movie feels a little bit long in spots and maybe a little bit less screen time devoted to her and her tribulations would have just made it more frankly a movie about a young man's coming of age and his dealing with this trauma and not sort of trying to give lip service to to both of them equally.
1: Right. On the other hand, if they just cut 15 minutes of stoner scenes out, maybe it would have just felt more equal all around. Yeah,
0: I can almost pinpoint if I had a little marker. I could go through and mark the DVD extras. I'd right. love to see them as DVD extras, but I don't really need to see them on the big screen. Right. All right, well, we should wrap up. Uh, I could talk a lot more about this movie, but, you know, just go out and see it. And uh, thanks a lot, Dan, for joining me for the movie and for this spoiler special. Thanks a lot. I'm Dan Coyce from New York Magazine. For Slate.com, I'm Dana Stevens.